Hey everybody, my name is Dan Lobby. And I'm Mary Kay Cabot. And this is the Orange and Brown Talk podcast from Houston, Texas, where the Browns are 29 to 13 losers to the Texans. Now, uh, a couple things to get out of the way. First of all, we're sponsored by Sibling Revelry Brewing, and we will be having an event there uh, at their tap room in Westlake on December 17th, a couple days after the Browns game against Denver, uh, 8 to 9.30. Uh, it's not a big space, but uh, check it out. There'll be a link to sign up in this post or wherever you're listening to this podcast we'll have a link for you to go sign up so uh check that out if you can make it to come talk browns and also uh mary Kay is not quite a hundred percent here for this podcast struggling a little bit uh with her voice but uh we're we're gonna get through this mary Kay, and uh give everybody the post game podcast they want well you know what dan you gotta sometimes you gotta play hurt <laughs> and you know i'm all about the team so here we are, and yeah. here we go. Well, I'm remembering last year, this time last year, I was in a similar situation when we were in Los Angeles. Not what you have, but uh, <laughs> it, was, it was not pleasant. Uh, I'll say that. 29-13, uh, to 13, uh, the Browns losers to Houston uh, in ends their two-game losing streak. Houston has won nine games in a winning row. Streak. Oh, two-game winning streak. <laughs> Houston has won nine games in a row. You're the one that's not 100%. Right? Um, <laughs> And really, Mary Kay, when I watched this game, and what stood out to me is the Texans are really good. They're going to win their division. They're going to make the playoffs. Yep. And the Browns came out, and they just aren't quite to that level yet. You know what? I agree with you 100%. And I think, in part, the reason why the Browns were not able to be in this game in the first half is because when you go up against a very veteran, a veteran defense like this with really good players, white like JJ Watt, Jadavian Clowney, and then you've got Romeo Cornell that is calling the defense, former Browns head coach, you have to have some really savvy players to put against them. Okay, and when I look at this, I see that Antonio Callaway really struggled in this game. Okay, he really had a hard time with uh, guys who were jumping his routes. Then he had the fumble uh, at a very, very crucial point in the third quarter. Uh, there were just times where he just really wasn't running the crisp routes that Baker Mayfield needs him to run. But he's so explosive and he's so fast, as you could see on the 76-yarder that got called back, the touchdown that got called back by the holding, and the 71-yarder. He is capable of making those huge, explosive plays. So the temptation is to continue to go to him and go to him. Now, if he develops and he comes along over the years, then he's going to be an amazing playmaker. But there are still times where he just isn't up for what it would take to go against a defense like this. Yeah, three catches, 84 yards, but of course 71 of that uh, came on the fumble. Uh, 71 down to the six-yard line before he fumbled the football. Uh, He did have that play that was called back, uh, the 76-yard touchdown uh, on a Greg Robinson hold. Um, we'll, we'll get to the offensive line. They actually did a pretty decent job today against this Texans pass rush. Uh, but, but really, you just look at the makeup of this receiving court right now. It's not a complete group. Uh, you have Jarvis Landry, who had a nice bounce back today, six catches for 103 yards, but he is not a number one receiver in the way you think of number one receivers. He's a guy that's going to catch the ball, has the ability to move the chains, not a big downfield threat. Rashard Higgins is reliable. Antonio Callaway has that breakaway ability. Uh, but they just don't have a complete wide receiving core. They're missing that really consistent down-the-field target, uh, and, and that's going to be a priority this offseason. Well, they're missing that guy that I told them not to trade, Dan. <laughs> I, I heard he had a touchdown catch I th- today. I think he did, yes. Um, but you do. You need a guy like that. 
that, that can come through for you from sort of the X spot, that number one receiver spot, in a big game like this. And Antonio Callaway, you know, he might have the potential down the road, but uh, when you get him against really good defenders, this was the first good defense that they had played in a long time. I wrote a column about that this week, Dan. I was concerned about the fact that this Browns team was making hay against some of the worst defenses in the NFL. Three straight weeks under Greg Williams and Freddie Kitchens, they had played the 28th ranked defense, the 31st ranked defense, and the 32nd ranked defense. And you just knew, they were, you know, Baker wasn't getting pressured. He wasn't getting sacked. He wasn't sacked again today. But just overall, this was a much, much better defense. Number eight overall heading in, number six in sacks, I think it was, uh, than anything that they had faced in the, you know, in the Williams-Freddie Kitchen brief era. And, uh, and it showed out there because Romeo, he knows what he's doing and he's got the horses and the defensive front and, and the guys in the back end and they even lost Jonathan Jones. Which, wait, Jonathan, what's Jonathan's last name? Uh, Joseph. Joseph, sorry about that. I knew that didn't sound right when it came <laughs> out. They lost a starting cornerback in this game. I think that hurt them. I really think that hurt them in the second half when, when they did not have him. Yeah. Uh, in the same way the Browns lost Denzel Ward to a concussion this in this game. You lose one of your starting cornerbacks, that's always a big blow in a game. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you know, really you look at it the last, I don't think I'm forgetting anybody, but the last three really good teams the Browns have played. The Chiefs, <clears throat> now I'm coughing. Sorry, the Chiefs, my fault. <laughs> uh, the Chargers, the Chiefs, and now this game against the Texans. Three playoff teams, uh, at least two of those teams, the Chiefs and the Chargers, could win the AFC. You know, we don't know just how good the Texans are, but we know they're a good playoff team and they have mm-hmm. a good quarterback and a good defense. Yep. They've kind of gotten beat up against those teams. Uh, now, again, maybe I'm forgetting somebody in, in my mind in that schedule of uh, maybe there's some good team I missed, but it really does seem like, you know, this team just hasn't quite been able to get to that level against the really good teams over the last however many games. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, it did. it does come down to just a couple of plays or players. If you look at what Baker Mayfield did in the second half of this game, he came out on fire. Uh, you know, J.J. Watt observed that he must not have been feeling dangerous in the first half, but he was feeling very dangerous in the second half. And I think he showed, this is the takeaway that I have from this game, he showed that he can hang with a really good defense. He can, but he doesn't have everything he needs around him to accomplish what he's ready to do. He's running around out there, encouraging guys, uh, you know, talking to guys about sight adjustments, all the things that you would expect from a leader, and, and he doesn't have the experienced wideouts or pass, pass catchers that, that he needed to get the job done. In the first half, there was a situation where David Njoku lost five yards on the second drive, and he, Baker Mayfield and David Njoku had words after that on the sidelines they were over there they were they were having it out a little bit over that because baker was trying to explain to him it was sort of a miscommunication on a site adjustment and you know these guys are young they're young and they're learning and it's it's really i think incredible to watch how baker mayfield knows what everybody's supposed to be doing at all times he's very 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 smart wise beyond his years my takeaway from this game is that he is ready to compete with a team that just won 
nine nine straight games. He's ready for this. Yeah, well, and this is where you hope the Browns will be. You know, when we're talking about this team, we're doing this post-game podcast a year from now. Uh, this is what you hope you're talking about, something similar to what the Texans are doing right now. Not having won nine games in a row, obviously, that's an outlier. But a team that's fighting for the playoffs, maybe fighting for the division, has feels good about their second-year quarterback, uh, has, has built up their defense, built up, ha- has some weapons offensively. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't talk about Deshaun Watson, you know, as much as I love the guy, you can't talk about him without mentioning DeAndre Hopkins. Right. And we saw him make at least one great catch today. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and he ended the day with seven catches for 91 yards. Uh, he made a great catch down the sideline, kind of pushed off a little bit on TJ Carey and came down with the football. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's the sort of weapon the Browns need to give Baker Mayfield. They've got a running back in Nick Chubb. They've got an offensive line that's maybe starting to come together a little bit, but they, and they've got resources to bolster that. You know, th- this Browns team has some pieces in place, and then they have the resources to go out and kind of fill a lot of those holes and get to where the Texans are now you know, in a year. Yeah, and, and when you look, Dan, at, at David Njoku's production today, they started to double him. In fact, Baker said that that was an adjustment that the Texans made, and on that interception in the end zone, he was doubled, and Baker shouldn't have thrown the ball. He admits it was a dumb move. He was pressing. They were down 20 to nothing at that time. Um, but they did. They took David Njoku out of this game, and he only had three catches on his six targets for eight yards. <laughs> I mean, that was a good strategy on the part of the Texans to, to make that adjustment and take him out of the game because there's just not that many other guys on this team that you can really, really rely rely on when push comes to shove. And by next year, they're going to have to have two, at least two other really good receivers on this team. Three catches for eight yards, and, and this is a, a fun stat. His long was nine. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned the play where he lost that yardage. Uh, that, that's the reason why. Defensively, I thought today was really kind of it, – it gets overshadowed by the three first-half interceptions. But I thought today was a disappointment defensively. You know, again, their secondary is really banged up. They lose Denzel Ward. They're already without Terrence Mitchell, who hopefully will be able to come back next week against Carolina. He'll be eligible too. Um, <laughs> but they don't have Terrence Mitchell. They're without EJ Gaines already. Um, they're, they're scraping the bottom on the outside. Philip Gaines had to play in place of uh, in place of Denzel Ward. Yep. So I, I thought the defense though was disappointing. They gave up 103 rushing yards to Lamar Miller. Deshaun Watson 22 of 31 for 224. Got off to a really hot start. Had the touchdown. They only gave up the one offensive touchdown today. Yep. Which, which credit to them, but third down was a real problem all day. Demarius Randall talked about it, and this was the first game where they didn't force a turnover. Well, it is hard on your defense when your offense continues to go out there and throw interceptions, okay? Because you're back there, you're back out there on the field, and things are not going well when you are doing that. And I think the time of possession reflected that in the first half. Um, Yeah, in the first half, the defense was out there an absolute ton. Um, It was... 37-35 Thirty-seven, thirty-five for the game. Yeah, 37-35 uh, for to the game. And just in the first quarter alone, the defense was out there for 12-26 of the, of the 15 minutes. 21-43 in the first half. <coughs> yeah. Browns had the ball for 8 minutes and 17 seconds in the first half. Right, so, I mean, that makes a difference. I mean, these, start, these guys start getting gassed, and then you lose um, then you lose Denzel Ward and Larry Ogunjobi. 
that hurts. Again, it was kind of canceled out by the fact that they lost one of their starting cornerbacks as well, so you can't really use it as an excuse. But um, you're right. This team still has some issues defensively that it's going to need to get corrected. And, again, one of those, again, was giving up a lot of yards in the run game, 187 total yards in the running game again. So, you know, they just they've got to get a handle on that. Um, but, you know, I mean, they held them to a lot of field goals, which I thought was good. They held them to a five field goals in this game. Can you imagine? Now, this was not a team coming in that was good in the red zone. I mean, they are 27th in the NFL in red zone scoring. And now they did go two for two today in the red zone. But generally, this team was only averaging 24 points a game. You know, so this is not the high-scoring Kansas City Chiefs. Um, So, really, they scored just a little bit over what their average is. And I think the the defense did a a fairly decent job of holding them to all of those field goals instead of letting those become touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, the Browns actually scored more offensive touchdowns than than the Texans did. Uh, It's those turnovers. You know, it's it's the three interceptions. It's the the fumble fumble when you're going into the end zone. When maybe you can make it an 11-point game if you score there and and connect on a two-point conversion. It's an 11-point game all of a sudden with a quarter and a half left to play or a little under a quarter and a half left to play. Now, all of a sudden, you've got something going a little bit, but the the Browns have, the Browns are better and they're more talented and they can withstand mistakes this year. But they just can't withstand the amount of mistakes that they made in this game. They aren't. They definitely aren't to that point yet. No, but again, I think one of the biggest takeaways that I'm sure Browns fans can see, and the Texans for sure saw it, was that the Browns have their franchise quarterback. They have somebody that you can put up against a Deshaun Watson, and as the years go by, you're going to be able to put him up against a Patrick Mahomes and a Carson Wentz and a Mitchell Trubisky and all these other people, all these other guys that the Browns passed on at quarterback, and they can say that they have their man. Even Teron Matthew, after the game today, he said uh, this kid is going to be really, really special. Uh, He can fit in tight holes. He's got the arm. We saw him hit the long ball a couple of times. Mm -hmm. I mean, he has an arm the arm talent is exceptional that was on display bill o'brien was raving about him knows that he's going to be an excellent quarterback and so i think browns fans can take heart even though this season is not going the way they wanted it to i mean today was a big day in terms of any little slim playoff hopes basically being dashed today i mean they're four seven and one now with four games left Eight and eight is not going to cut it, even if they win out. I mean, I really highly doubt that eight and eight is is going to get them into the playoffs. But they have, I mean, the future is bright, and Baker Mayfield has gotten so much good experience this year, and that's going to serve them well next year when they're ready to hit the ground running. I maintain that if he had been playing since the start of the season and if he had somebody other than Todd Haley calling the plays from the beginning of the season and that they were using Nick Chubb uh, and that they were using Duke Johnson and, and that they were getting the ball out quickly and having him have, you know, encouraging him to use uh, his, his check downs and things like that, they would be in the legit playoff hunt right now. Now, again, it would have helped to have a player of Josh Gordon's caliber, a Pro Bowl-type receiver that can stretch the field for you and be consistent, but 
Baker Mayfield could have gotten these guys in the playoff hunt at this time of year if they hadn't screwed up the first eight games of the season. Well, as it is, uh, they lose this one 29-13. Their playoff hopes uh, essentially dashed. They play Carolina. Uh, look, they've got winnable games still on the schedule. They've they got do. Carolina at home. Uh, Carolina lost today. Cam Newton threw, I think, four interceptions. Yeah. Um, you know, so that'll be an interesting game. They're kind of going the wrong direction. <laughs> the Bengals uh, on the 23rd, a home game. That's a team they should beat. Denver on Saturday night, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that one. Yeah. Baltimore, they've beaten Baltimore already. We'll see what the Ravens are playing for. So there's still a lot to watch for in these four games. Even if the playoffs are out of the question, there's still a lot to keep an eye on. I know people want to talk draft position, but I don't care about that. Go win as many games as you can with Baker Mayfield right now and start building towards next year. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at these next four games, I mean, really, just even the way that they played in the second half today uh, makes me think you cut down on those turnovers I mean you're never going to win a game when you lose or you're probably not going to win a game when you lose the turnover battle four to nothing um but the rest of the way these last four games I mean they they possibly conceivably could win out I mean I don't know if it'll happen it would be hard to probably beat Denver on the road and it's going to be hard to beat yeah. Baltimore on the road well, it's going to be hard to beat Carolina I mean honestly it'll be hard to beat Carolina too. no it, it will be but they can they can win all of these games and you know, wouldn't that be something if they just come up, you know, a game shy or something from having made the playoffs uh, in, after going 0-16 last year? So, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. But, um, again, some things to, to take away from this game to feel good about, but never going to win with those picks. Yeah, well, 8-7-1, uh, eight, eight, and one. Demarius Randall kind of said it today. Hey, went out. See where the cards fall. They're not out of it. Get to 8-7-1 and, and see what happens. It's not likely, like you said, if eight wins probably isn't enough. But, um, again, you're, you're trying to build some momentum going into next season. So that'll do it for this post-game edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Thanks to Sibling Revelry Brewing for sponsoring us. Our apologies for uh, both of us kind of coughing and hacking through this and some uh, walkie-talkies in the background and uh, leaf blowers as well outside uh, as they as they clean out the stadium as well. Uh, the Browns lose 29-13 to for Mary Kay Cabot. I'm Dan Lobby. Thanks for listening.